Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 396. My name is Brando. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Kip Winger. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I am, Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm good. I gave me the step on you there. It's just uh, testing out the audio with, I like to pull down the curtain and let people know what's going on. I mean, it's 2023. I'm troubleshooting Zoom and with Kip Winger. That in itself, I think, is a trip to share. I think it's pretty funny. That's funny. So uh, where are you located, if you don't mind me asking, unless it's a secret, you know, location. No, no, I live in Nashville. I'm, I'm in L.A. right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I saw and I appreciate you. Because uh, I leave my number in my email and I saw this number and I know you record a lot and you live in Nashville. And I saw the number from Nashville. Like, Is that Kip Winger calling my cell phone? Yeah. Uh, and, and it was. So, again, a small little trip because I am a fan and there are a lot of things I want to talk to you uh, about today, especially the new album that's, that's coming out. And before I get into the new album, I kind of want to discuss. You know, how do you feel, I guess, being here, putting out new music all these years later? Did you foresee this when you started? Did you always, you knew right away that you wanted to be a music and that was your life path? Oh, yeah, totally. From the, I was very young. I was in a band with my two brothers. Uh, my parents were in a jazz band. My, there, there was never any question whether I do music. And writing music is my, is the main um you know focus of my life so i mean that that's always been uh you know what i wanted to do and keep getting better at and and you know i'm i'm kind of one of those artists where if i don't keep doing it and i'll really get depressed you know so it's it's a it's a very cathartic experience for me personally and there's just no way i will never uh, i'll ever be able to stop i'll never stop doing it you know one of the things that fascinates me about your career, which we've always, if you're a fan of Winger and Kip Winger, you've always known that you have the, the background in ballet and orchestral music and always found that fascinating. I know with some people it may have been, maybe not, in 2023 we look at everything through a different lens in the 80s, different. My wife teaches ballet to little kids, so I look at it such a, yeah, so, uh, and, and we, we found out we're going to have a boy, and if he te- wants to learn ballet, I'll, I'll teach him the ways of Kip Winger. So I, I believe go. I'm not going to stop him, uh, stop him no. with that. Congratulations. Yeah, no, the idea for ba- ballet is misunderstood by so many, um, but it, it's it's the height of great art in many ways. And ballet dancers give themselves to their art in a way that no one else does. It's a, it's the, It's their whole body is the art. It, there's not a lot of money in it. It's like they just they just give themselves 100% in every way to it. It's extraordinarily difficult and super challenging. So I mean, um, and it's very very it, it's it's artistic on a on a whole nother level. You know, so I was I was just attracted to it because it 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 checked so many boxes for me. Um, 
not the least of which was basically just to enhance my performing in a rock band. Because when <laughs> I was young, I liked my favorite guys were Paul Stanley, David Lee Roth, Freddie Mercury, Ian Anderson, you know, these kind of guys uh, that were really theatrical. So I figured I'd try to take it one step further, you know. Did it take a certain amount of confidence to do ballet at that time? Because, again, looking at it through today's lens, it's it, it's not. Uh, but, but, but. I, not, not For me, no, because I didn't care what people thought, you know. Um, for me, it was cool because I understood what it really was. And, I, you know, I, I was never trying to, like, get people to like me that way. I didn't, I just, I had, I had a very clear artistic vision and, you know, if, if people didn't understand it, that was their problem, you know. Well, that's, I guess that's the confidence in it, you know, and, and I, I think that's what's helped you with your career and how you have kept with, uh, with music and composing. I can't imagine the mindset. So like what came first, do you think, composing your first piece of of music or writing your first song like how does your brain is think is different than a lot of people's brains in, in the industry where you are because you, you you find out there's a lot of famous rock people that don't read music and you write it not just like everything just you, you get in there the nuts and bolts of of the music so how do you approach writing a song and how have you always approached it well, I didn't always read. I, I didn't learn how to read orchestral scores until I was 35. Okay. I, mean, I, I was a self-taught musician. I could read piano music because my mom got me a little piano course when I was five years old. And I did take piano. And when I was in my teens, I studied classical guitar. And so I could read some music, but I was never a great sight reader. I, th I would say the opposite, actually. I would think any artist, and I'm no different, artists, you know, function um, in a way where they are trying to create, you know, and so they're trying to create what they see or hear or feel. And so it really just depends on how complex the thing you hear or see or feel is to then set out to try to achieve that thing. In my case, um, I, when I got exposed to classical music, I was started hearing the music. It took triggered something in me where I was like, wow, that's way more complex than my skill set. So I, how do I get to this goal? Mm -hmm. And the only way to do it was to find a good teacher to start learning how to learn the language to, you know, be able to express myself. It would probably be no different than a sculptor saying, oh, my God, I want to try to do something like Michelangelo. Not that that would be something modern, but and then you'd go, well, I've got to go learn how to do this. And you would go find a teacher to learn how to, you know, shape the stone. I mean, and so. Um, but on the other hand, that same sculptor might just make a weird abstract rock that didn't take any. uh studying and they would just do this weird thing that they thought and they might have one and the other that's how you would look at me you know i'm i uh self-taught songwriter and then i went out of my way to learn a whole nother language you know very similar to writing learning a foreign language you know yes um so you know, it's I, I, it's weird when people ask me that question because for me it's very simple. But I guess 
if you're if you don't do what I do, I guess it would be hard to understand it. But um, the easiest way to 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 boil that down is just to say that I heard and saw very complex images in the art that I wanted to create. So I had to go out and find out how to do how to you know create mm-hmm. that. Okay. See, because the reason I ask is I'm not musically talented, which is why I went to a career in radio. But in my my undergrad, where I went to you know radio classes, I did take very preliminary, seeing if I had any rock star in me, you know, uh, remedial, like, like remedial music reading, you know, things like that. And it is like another language. It is something that okay, if I don't have the talent to play an acoustic guitar which i tried and failed i like maybe i can read i can do that that wasn't the path i couldn't do it either it was very difficult because i was also uh not very good at spanish and french I, I, i'm lucky i could speak english you know i guess let's just put it that way uh me too dude <laughs> by the way by the way i've got a lot of what i would call learning disabilities i'm really super dyslexic when i look at a when i look at a piece of uh, uh, like a page in a book i see it all at once i don't i can't mm. i can't like it takes i have to force myself to read it you know like left to right and and uh um i i don't remember what i do like i like when i write classical music it, i'm kind of in a trance and so then when i start my next piece or when I'm in the middle of a piece, I can't remember how I got there so well, you know. So there's a lot of hmm. uh, there's a lot of learning disabilities to, that I've had to overcome, uh, and really, you know, keep a commitment to trying to to stay focused on this one thing. Because especially nowadays, when you're you know you're in your phone, it's like you know, so Instagram, man. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm an I'm an Instagram junkie, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I find it really hard to put it down because I'm like watching Huskies go for all day long, you know, and there's so many distractions in life now. So, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really like the, 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 a big proponent of all artists. I feel that we're all the same, you know, like what I do is no different than, than, uh, you know everybody else and every it's just the genres are different but the but the process is is i would say very similar across the board man and i can i always like to get out of the guest questions that i feel like i need to and and our my listeners of course want to identify with and that is where you know i can identify with that with with struggling to maybe focus on something at a time you know and and it, it impacts you in your whole learning process and if you forget because you're in a trance i mean i i totally get that i i believe i guess have an undiagnosed uh learning disability i i it has to be it has to be uh but i talk about my mental health all the time totally man i'm like bordering on asperger's and it's like you know i'm always lost in my head somewhere and that kind of man but it's funny i haven't really said that in public before but it's kind of you know that's I've alluded to it, but I mean, you know, I'm always like somewhere in a dream in my head, you know. I appreciate you sharing. But, yeah. but I but I feel like that's important to because I feel like who's to say what life exist ex, being you know existing as a human being, who's to say what the rules are? Why can't you just live in a dream? I mean, <laughs> sounds like a song. 
sounds like well, a song. It is, actually there is a song on our new album called it's okay and look at that and, uh, just ride the lightning because we're all living in a dream you know oh look at that and this i would pretend like i did that on purpose but it is a perfect segue into the new album uh which comes out may 5th entitled seven and we have the new video out now a new single proud desperado so what is that like i kind of get a sense of is it almost kind of a, an autobiography where you're the proud cowboy that has made it all these years and has taken the slings and the arrows uh what's it about to you no it's really okay. it's, more about, it's, it's about it's about you know the symptom of our of our you know kind of struggling times where people's people get guided and misguided hopes and dreams and 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 they go they go wrong you know leaders that lead you down a path and then abandon you and and uh you know people people stay and believe and then they're dis they get abandoned by these people that give them all these great hopes and and uh you know it's kind of like they people that believe in things it's and and by the way some people that believe in things that just are a little bit hardcore you know maybe january 6th or mm -hmm. or ukraine or or iran i mean there's a lot of places you could point to that that, that could serve this song but it's really not about anything in particular okay it's it, it's 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 you could reference any point in time in, 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 in civilization where, you know, leaders have led you down the wrong path and you, and then they, and then they leave you hanging and you're screwed, you know? Okay. All right. So I was wrong about that. However, my ears won't deceive me. And I mean this, this was a, a shock in a good way. I couldn't believe how heavy this first song is. Because uh, people might think of Winger, and I know it's more than 17 and headed for a heartbreak as someone who's a fan, but this was like a little heavier than I expected, and I really dug it. So what's the, the vibe of the new record and that single? What was the, I guess, the feeling of putting that out first, this heavy Winger first, which sounds like you, but definitely uh, it rips. It's good. It's funny that people, you know, I mean, if you've listened to things like Pull, like Junkyard Dog and, and, and on, you know, Karma, we, there was a lot of heavy stuff and, and we're, you know, I mean, if I remixed the first album, it, it would be much heavier. Um, it was produced in a, in a lighter kind of way because of the, of the going times, but um, I can't answer to that really because I hear it the same as I did all my music just mm. two guitars bass and drums and you turn and we didn't make the guitars more distorted on this than we did on anything else um, I could compare it to a song on every album um, maybe not the second album the second album was a little lighter but definitely the third album in some ways it's not as heavy as the third album I don't know if you know that album um, Pull. Not overly familiar. I'm not going to pretend. While I like Winger, it's Guns N' Roses where I know every song. I'm not going to yeah. pretend to know I know every single Winger song. So. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. But you know, check out Junkyard Dog on Pull, and you'll and you'll be surprised at how heavy we've actually been since the early '90s. But um, I 
I what I do is I produce a song that I feel like is appropriate to the song itself. So I don't go, we're going to be heavy. You know, I don't do that. I okay. I kind of produce, I, I produce the music in a way that I feel is appropriate for the actual track. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's interesting because again, I'm I'm learning here. While I do my, re- I've always said this in several interviews. While I have my knowledge of just being in radio for 20 years and just liking the music and preparing, I was listening to Winger just on on iHeartRadio, just a mix while I was doing the dishes. So a nice solid half an hour, 45 minutes, listening to Winger make it go a lot quicker. But it's not like I know everything, so I want to be taught. So this kind of is a nice intersection of things where. You say you may not remember certain things, and also just of that classic winger that even a, a fan, and not as I'm going to be more of a hardcore fan after this. Side note: I love when interviews make me more of a fan of the person. And I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, it's always, it's always risky when you meet people that you that you're you know you like their work, and then they're they're an asshole. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's always a little risky. Yeah, I mean, not too many of them, but I can see. It can just be a straight interview. It's not like it's a date where sparks need to need to fly, but there's something about it. I'm like, I really like this guy. I really like this this person, what they're about, and I can see, you know, us. Uh, I don't. I, I don't drink. I was gonna say having a beer, but the old cliche. But I can just see like. Drink either, man. I haven't had a drink since 2012. Well, Mazel Tov. It's been yeah. seven years for me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, stay in school, kids. I don't know where that came from, uh, but, but yeah, no, I uh, it, it it is the learning process. So that's why I'm excited to with this new album kind of revisit Winger because there are a lot of bands that may, a lot of fans that may it's it's here's where the tie-in. I, I say I'm having Kip Winger on. I hate to say it, but people are still bringing up Beavis and Butt all, all this time. What have they been up to? So it's it's kind of like it's great. Like it, I even as a fan know you've been touring. My ex, my f- still current friend, former co-host Ian Scotto, has seen you in concert recently. I believe up in Connecticut, one of your solo gigs, and says how phenomenal you were. So I've been, you know, I'm aware you've been busy, but not everyone is. So I'm just it's uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Well, I mean, you know, people don't pay attention. I mean, it's it's I haven't stopped. I mean, I've right. You know, this is our seventh winger album. I've got four solo albums, um, three studio solo albums and one acoustic album. Four solo albums. I have a classical record. Um, Well, I guess here's where it's the segue is. Do you feel and maybe it's justified here as I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm trying to express. Do you feel that your music is not just in under in your body work is not just underappreciated? But maybe it, it went underappreciated, but now it finally is. When you see bands like how successful uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue have been, a lot of bands from your era have been. Do you feel any revitalization and people looking back at that era more fondly? Because all they saw was the hair and the gimmick, and now they don't realize, again, your background. They don't realize that, perhaps. You know what? I don't even think about it. I mean, my my thing is like, I like to write music, and I do. You know, I've got a band that we did pretty well, and we still have quite a few fans. We were never as big as Def Leppard, so I mean, that's never in the going to be in the cards. 
um, we continued to make albums. My, you know, my my guitar player was in Whitesnake for a long time, so he'd be touring with them. So I was doing my own thing. I've developed a whole other career in in classical music, and um, um, like I say, my objective was as a composer writing songs and and classical stuff, and like, um, you know, having my having my like deathbed scenario like when i look back at my life what do i have wanted to achieve and it's a whole big long list of having written this work that work this work that work you know so i've just stayed the course of writing music there was a long period of time in in that whole era when grunge hit and we were totally uncool i just kept writing music because that's really what my goal always was you can't you know you can't freak out on things you can't control i mean winger became a toxic name in the 90s it lasted a very long time uh and, and but i had no control over that the only thing i had control of was how much better of a musician i was going to become and that's really that's really what i set out to to do you know? i admire so, that so much and i think it's such a a viewpoint where we were obviously talking about earlier with social media and if I wasn't you know in radio and I'd want to get rid of it I'd be on Instagram instead of uh, you know seeing dogs barking I would just it's all cat videos for me I have to make sure I like enough cat videos to break up all the BS that I that I see but we right. fans we can be toxic so uh, I, every time I see like a Nickelback article come out and I'm like are they getting the winger treatment because I'm a fan of Nickelback. I'm a fan of uh, Winger. I'm a fan of Creed. I'm a fan of these bands that don't deserve it. Well, Nickelback made great records. I mean, they sound incredible. They're really great records. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, people probably got sick of them because they became so popular. Mm. But uh, the difference with Nickelback and us is that Nickelback got paid, man. They, 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 they made it really, really big. We never made it that big. We kind of came in the end of the era and uh you know the era was over by the time we were just ready getting ready to get started you know that was if i had one regret in my in my career was that winger actually never got to become who they could have been you know? mm. having said that um without what happened to us i would have probably never been nominated for a grammy in classical composition right know? so um you know, like I say, you can't you can't worry about the things you can't control. You just can't. I I need to hear that. That's part of this. Why I do this. I needed to hear that from Kip Winger because I sometimes I obsess over the things that I can't control, and it's uh I have to take a, several moments to bring myself uh, out of that. So I guess I wonder if if you've ever taken the opportunity to take things and spin it on its head and and control. Because I love the fact that you really don't let things affect you. I mean, is it a coincidence uh, that there's new Winger and Beavis and Butthead coming out in 2023? Is there a coincidence at all? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I... No, I mean, I, 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 I thought that so. was coming out a long time ago. I, I thought that was out... I don't know. Oh, second season. Care. It's the second season. Oh, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't pay attention to it. I... I, I uh, yeah, I mean, I doesn't even register on in my on my on my radar. I mean, I I'm just doing my thing. It was time for us to make a new record because Reb 
the whole you know rev was much more available my drummer's almost 70 we're kind of like let's let's make a new record and go let's go make another round um you know and really push for a few years and and uh and then because you know like i say i've got a lot of other things going on and and uh i need a lot of time to to compose the music that i want to compose and touring takes a lot of time so we're i'm trying to just juggle my time and this was the right time to do it so and again my band is always friends we were we never um we never got in fights with each other we were never in legal battles we always had a lot of laughs and we enjoy each other's company and so and it's fun to play with those guys i mean it's i mean i'm i'm on stage with these incredible musicians kind of like thinking wow you know every night reb plays the solo to head for a heartbreak and it blows my mind every single night so i mean that's yeah. unheard of that really is unheard of to to last that long and to still make new music and be friends you know that really is just it's, it's something special to come out of that era it's one of the many things to be to be proud of absolutely yeah, i mean i think i mean i wouldn't i'm we're not you two or anything but look at you two i mean they've been together same original members that very you know i i i can only imagine i've never heard anything weird about them getting you know they, they're out doing their thing you know i we're kind of like they are in terms of like original members still like each other great hang you know it's never it's never this stuff well so and so suing each other behind their back and you hear all this crap but they're going out on on the road because they're going to make a bunch of money um you know we enjoy it and and it's worth it for us to do it we still have enough fans where it's we can we can do it economically and I'd love to tour Europe, but for example, economically, it doesn't work for us in Europe and a lot of bands either. I mean, I know Anthrax canceled their tour because the, you know, it's just so expensive. Godsmack. Yeah, it's, it, it is yeah. difficult. Uh, absolutely. No, it's really, but it's you really hard. I mean, we're really lucky to be able to still tour and, and, and we've played, you know, to 1500 people at, in Las Vegas last week. And, you know, it was great, you know. Right on. Uh, I, I love it. And just to kind of, while I got you here, I want to ask, you know, pick your brain about uh, certain things, certain points, because there's so many things, again, to talk to you about in your your career. Uh, not every, I mean, people should know if you're listening to this podcast, you started out in the Alice Cooper band, which is pretty, pretty special. Uh, I, I, were you, this is according to a listener of mine, uh, Ken, was that, they, did you play with them when, because obviously Guns N' Roses is a band that has had a lot of changes, quite the opposite of Winger. Were you at that show when Axel didn't show up? And uh, I forget what year that was. It was like before Appetite was released. Was that with that was that was Alice, Alice Cooper. Yeah, the GNR was supposed to open uh, for yeah, Alice. Yeah, I think I think I was actually. Yeah, they they opened a few shows for Alice. Um, I don't remember that in particular. I was really not paying attention, man. But I, <laughs> Maybe I would. I, I don't actually remember that, but I do remember them opening. Um, that's how it Winger was born. I mean, Tesla was opening and Megadeth, and and uh, I was thinking, man, I did this when I was sixteen with my brothers playing Black Sabbath. I mean, let's put a band together. Like, you know, I'd already, I was already doing much more sophisticated music, like Peter Gabriel kind of vibe, and. Uh, 
I kind of had a come to Jesus moment where it was like, man, I grew up on this. Let's do this, you know. Um, and then, ironically, I've gotten back to all the sophisticated stuff now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, Guns N' Roses, that for, hey, welcome to the jungle. I mean, that's classic rock song of all time, huh? Any, uh, what I call six degrees of GNR Bacon there do you know any of the guys perhaps i uh, saw them in there uh, again i mean you may not remember seeing gnr open uh, with when you were with alice cooper but do you have any early memories uh with them well I, we i remember doing press conferences where they were in one room and we were in the other and duff mckagan and i were kind of buddies and, and he actually invited me to do an album at one point and and i was like well what are we going to do we're both bass players you know <laughs> um, and uh but he's super nice guy that was he was kind of drunk back then but he's he's since become totally sober and stuff and i don't can't say i know him well but the interactions i had with him were awesome he's amazing great dude i mean i've met slash and i jammed with slash um with alice cooper about four years ago Mm -hmm. um I mean, all the experiences I had them were, were really cool. I mean, I've never met Axel, so I don't know about him. But you know, he's Axel Rose. So what are you going to do? <laughs> That's a good way to put it to place. You're Kip Winger. What are you going to do? Again, congratulations well, on. I mean, the- listen, I don't consider myself a rock star. I mean, I was never a. I was never in a rock star mentality. My thing is like, on you know, my grave, I just wanted to be a good musician. That's it. You know, I'm. A, I'm. A, when we made it, I was like, okay, this will go away at any point. I never, I never was like, I'm a fucking, you know, I'm a rock star. It was never like that. I, I always, uh, you know, kind of, kind of thinking, okay, what can I, what, you know, let's, let's, how does, it, how, what's the arrangement in this song, you know, like, um, to the point where I, you know, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even understand what it was to have a cool T-shirt. <laughs> that's what. It, that's how much of a music nerd I am. I was like all about the arrangements, the riffs, this, the melody, the lyrics, you know, that kind of thing. But even with that, if I can ask, and I say this as a happily married man, I mean, you're still a good looking guy. So even with all that education and intelligence behind you, you, you play girl. I mean, do you, do you regret that at, at, at all? Or is that something like, do you look at it well, like, you know, I was, look at what... Look at me. Look at this article. This is a, a fun time in my life to be a rock well, star. Well, I mean, they they asked me to do that um, as a fashion shoot. I I probably wouldn't do it. I would if I had to do it over again. I probably wouldn't do it. But it was just me with a model doing some clothing stuff. It was very and everything was happening so fast back then. It was like I didn't even notice. It was like one thing after the next. But um. It's funny, I got a call from Bill Coin, the manager of KISS and Billy Idol. It was like, man, what the fuck are you thinking? That cover is so not rock and roll. And I think Steven Tyler had done the cover of, of that, too. And he looked so much cooler. He's like, why didn't you do it like Steven Tyler? I'm like, because I ain't Steven Tyler, dude. I didn't get it, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't regret anything I did. I honestly, I might not have done it if I had to do it over, but I don't regret it. I mean, yeah, that's probably a better way of phrasing it. I don't mean to ask if you regret it, but I'm more of like, how do you view it now? Because I don't even think about it. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, I stuck with media. Ask for ask every for once it. in a while, I'll sign one of those covers. But, <laughs> uh. And uh, I guess another thing, because I, I, if I can ask why I have you here, and I hope we get to do this again. I want to answer one other thing. Oh yeah, I had a, I had a conversation about this with Steve Vai, because I had a conversation that I'm about to put out on my YouTube channel with with Steve Vai. Steve Vai is a very literate classical composer. And he's his, you know, I mean, he writes all that stuff, just like Frank Zappa, right coming out of the Frank Zappa school. Uh, you know, Steve is a really great, literate, incredible classical composer. But Steve's also a self-admitted ham where he wants to put on the weird clothes, um, you know, and, and be a rock, be a very flamboyant rock star, you know, because his parents, when he was a kid, exposed him to like West Side Story and this mm. kind of things. He was he was really a, about the showbiz, but he's also a very, very serious composer. And I'm exactly the same way, man. Like, you know, I'm very serious about composing, but I like to be a ham, you know. It's like there's a theater element to all of this where yes. I feel comfortable putting on the glittery suit with the weird glasses and going, all right. But it's also <laughs> it's also there's also the artist, the serious artist, you know, and, you know, so him and I are really kindred spirits in that way. And I think there's a lot of people like that. And when you make it bigger at one thing, people can't compute this. They want to pigeonhole you into, hey, he's Mr. 17. And, you know, and I'm going, yeah, so is Paul McCartney, by the way, because, well, she was just 17. And I'm like, we're all fucking following the Beatles, mm. you know. And so, I mean, if you if you're worried about that lyric, at, call up McCartney and ask him if he feels strange about it singing at 75. I mean, you know, just showbiz, you know. Yeah, I figured that was going to kind of organically come up uh, on its own, The uh, that, that question. And, yeah, my wife and I are huge Beatles fans. We talk about it. I told her exactly, you know. Uh, Kiss does Christine 16. I did an interview this morning in Sweden. They're like, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, legal age of consent in Sweden is 15. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation here in America, though. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anything I know about you're not. it. I'm just saying people like, oh, how dare you sing this song? I'm like, it's a pop song, man. Yeah. And it was, it was just a funny pop song. I stole the lyric from Kingdom Come. They had a song on their album called 17. And I was writing the song and I didn't, I was out of ideas. So I just was like, there's a, let me take that title, you know. Mm, I like it. And uh, if I. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not precious about anything I've written. It's like, yeah, that was, that could have been better. Or that, that was a good one. You know, I'm mean, like, you know, just, you just make another one. You know, I never, ever listen to the songs I've written ever you know i put an album out and i never listened to it ever oh again. wow she have you so you haven't listened to uh the, the seven at all like now that it's done i'm listening to that like for it to check the video levels and stuff like that but no i never listened to anything I've ever okay done. well i mean you're uh, you said a word earlier which is it stuck with me it's just it's complex and you have that kind of the beautiful complexity of your career where you're able to just have a fun pop song like 17 and compose these 
orchestras. I mean, that's just le- right brain, left brain in a, in a lack of a better uh, an analogy, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if you, it's it's like a discussion about uh, global warming or a discussion about uh, taking a walk on the beach. You know. Yeah. Just- <laughs> yes, I I got that one too. And if, uh, just real quickly, and I probably know the answer. Uh, still no contact from finding out why, because uh, it's just a classic rock thing. Uh, why Lars threw those darts at your head all those years ago in that in the, uh, in the video? No, man, you, you can see a video on Howard Stern where he's going, man, I I I threw darts at Kip, but I, I did, it was nothing personal, and I he's never apologized. But James Hetfield called me about a year and a half ago and apologized for the incident, you know, and James was really cool. And I could, you know, James is a kind of guy I could totally be friends with. Um, and he was very sincere. And it wasn't like he just called to apologize and then blow me off. He's actually texted me a few times. We text every now and then. I don't think Lars would ever call me to apologize. But uh you know, I don't, you know, I think they, everybody was just young kids and they were thinking it was funny. I, to me, it's not funny to 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 slag off a fellow musician. Um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, they were just, you know, they were just doing what they were doing. I mean, you know, I don't know. I can't answer to that. But I you appreciate know. you just you sharing that because at the end of the day, it's none of our business. It's not like James made that public and i think that is very cool because yeah i'll put out uh you know i'm interviewing kip and i'll see comments of just you know beefs and butthead or that and it bothers me just on a personal level be like this, this guy's more than that a lot of these i mentioned nickelback they're more than that there shouldn't be slings of ar- and arrows in the rock community we should all support each other and i, I love That's beavis just, and butthead and i love winger i love metallica it's just like it's I, beavis know. and butthead it was hysterical it was really <laughs> i ended up on the wrong end of it i think that's just gang mentality yeah my and, computer's gonna die anyway here. i know i've kept you uh long oh, enough no it's okay i'm i'm it might it, my my computer's battery is gone it might die but but the point is is that you know, gang mentality, people want to hide. Be- and, and especially in the Internet, they can hide behind their keyboard and go, that guy sucks. But if but if I was in the room with the guy, you know, he'd be like, hey, man, how's it going? Can I get your, you know, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I just don't think it's a great practice to 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 slag your fellow artists. Everybody has their opinion. And, hey, and there's there's bands that I don't like. I mean, necessarily. So, I mean, I don't. I'm, and I'm not going to ask you about them. No worries. You don't have to tell me. Well, you don't not, like. No, but the point is, is that the older I get, the more I realize what goes into this stuff. Mm, okay. So there isn't any band that I don't like where I can't appreciate what work they've put into it, because I don't care who you are. If you've taken the time to get your song on a record and put it out there and made a video, you worked hard on that. I don't care if it's good or bad to me, whatever. It doesn't matter. You put a lot of work into that. And, there, and I can and, and I can respect that on every level you know and i respect that mindset and i really respect the amount of time you've given me today kip like oh, I, I, I really appreciate thank it you. it's one of those interviews i've become more of a fan of the person so i'm going to give paul a listen you know 1993 i was 10 
So it's I, I I may have missed that that winger. So I knew that it was like beef is a butthead, but I I loved the 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 hair metal anyway. It never deterred me. Check it out. I mean, you know, pull pull is a big album for us, fan wise, and so is Karma. You know, I admit um, it. And what I would say is that our songs, in my opinion, our songs kept getting better, and that's not because I wrote them. It's because <laughs> it's be- and and some of them are are classics like. Headed for Heartbreak is one of the best songs I've ever written to this day, and I've written a lot of songs after it. But there's a lot of good songs on our on our newer stuff, some that aren't as good. But um, definitely check it out anyway. But thanks for having me. Absolutely. I and just so people know, I mean, I have a lot of listeners over the, in the U.K. You're, you're touring with the Steel Panther uh, back here in the States. And people all over that listen, uh, I've had Tom Kiefer on the podcast as well. So you're touring with them. And a bunch of headline dates as, as well. So uh, just go to Winger Online. All the social media platforms, including Kip's favorite Instagram, for more updates, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Yeah! security, I'm going home.